Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. Welcome to the Rose Buddies Holiday Special. It is a podcast where we talk about reality. The holiday special you've been waiting for. The reason for the season. The com- colon, comma, the Rose Buddies Holiday Spectacular. Dave, starring your host. I'm trying to tighten up our brand. Griffin and Rachel McElroy. And me, your other host, Clive Barker, famous horror writer man, Clive Barker. It's a new thing I'm trying out, is holiday shows. You don't seem to like this, babe. Well, I just, we don't have the content to go along with it. What do you mean? I mean, we don't have... Like a very spooky holiday special? We don't have any holiday content. I mean, we do. Who's that coming in the door? It's Rudolph. Oh, fuck. There's a live reindeer in the studio. Our baby's in here. He's gonna get trampled. We gotta get the hell out of this studio. There's wildlife in here. You're so nervous about how loud I'm talking, you think I'm going to wake this baby up? Thus concludes our holiday special. No, I want it to be a holiday (laughs) special. We've been watching holiday specials nonstop this week, and I just want to contribute to the fabric of love. Uh, But what we're talking about is not holiday related. Fine. I thought we could. Like, maybe instead of of saying any of the names of the people that we're going to talk about, we could just say Santa Claus instead. Huh? Well, we want to encompass all holidays, though, Griffin. Judah Maccabee is also one of them. <laughs> okay. Okay, fine. Let's just talk about The Bachelor season one. <sighs> Do you want to start over? Are you mad at me? <laughs> no, I'm not mad at you. But now I feel bad that we don't actually have a holiday special. Uh-huh. Yeah. Welcome to the party, pal. What die was, Hard, Die Hard quote, holiday movie. What was your plan, though? Was that you would just introduce this? I thought we'd this. just sing some carols. Oh, you know I don't sing well. That's not fucking true at all. <laughs> I'm about to jump over this live reindeer in the studio and and hug you until you believe in yourself. <laughs> um, I mean, we could we could make some tie-ins between season one of The Bachelor and the miracle and of the holidays, the holiday season, the holiday miracle. Uh, there were there was maybe only enough women for one night, huh? And then they made it last for. Mm-hmm. These oily, in this these case, seven miraculously oily women. <laughs> there were twenty five of them. Christmas Day is the twenty fifth of December. Were there, there were twenty five? Hell right? yeah! There, sorry, well, this is ridiculous. We're, we watched the first season of The Bachelor for you folks, and the whole time I thought I was having a fever dream because it was <laughs> the craziest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, we're going to take a trip back to two thousand two, ladies and gentlemen. Although you're going to think we've taken a trip back to nineteen fucking ninety five. <laughs> so, ladies, if you would like to join us, go ahead and straighten your hair, mm-hmm. uh, add some blonde highlights, definitely, and overpluck your eyebrows. Yes, uh, and then maybe a turtleneck sweater. And gentlemen, if you want to join us, you don't have a lot to go on, but I guess big sort of pants, big pants, Gordon Gecko haircut, big big shirts, big jackets, a lot of semi cash. Sort of that semi cash kind of life, um, to quote Third Eye Blind, <laughs> which was, I guess, also chronologically uh, accurate. Uh, it was 2002. This was the first season of The Bachelor. Was this, there's something that we should have looked up, and maybe I'll Google it. Was The Bachelor based on anything? Was it an adaptation of like another country's 
reality show because you know we do that shit like non-stop. i don't know i know that there is a movie with chris o'donnell i believe not the same i don't think it's bachelor. based on the movie the chris o'donnell <laughs> movie. it's actually based on the chris o'donnell movie batman and robin did you know oh, that you know no i didn't that's why uma thurman shows up and seduces the bachelor and with magic pheromones so uh-oh please be quiet audience please be quiet <laughs> the live reindeer in the room has has been enraged so I just Googled it. The Bachelor season one, it wasn't based on anything. This was original IP. This was the this was the creation of something beautiful and bright and new and exciting and vibrant and sexy. That kind of explains the tone of this season, which is very much like, hey, everybody here has agreed to do this. Nobody's being held against their will. Yes. We're not making anybody get engaged or married. We're going to talk a lot about like the little differences that were like considering how much of this show we've watched and how immutable it is right over the last like four years that i've been watching the show uh these little differences are uh, inscrutable to me and they are it's like living in a a slider style parallel universe where just a little bit of stuff's different um but it's also kind of spectacular and remarkable how much stuff has remained the same considering that this was the first draft of the thing yeah some of the concepts that are introduced in season one continue to today yeah in like what season 19 20 i don't oh, even know, I don't even know. um so yeah first things first about the bachelor i think we should talk about a tight seven episodes and fucking one of those is the women tell all so a tight six episodes yeah no kidding same number of contestants but like a third the number of episodes uh our bachelor whose name is alex last name withheld well alex michelle we know his middle name is michelle that's fun uh we don't know his last name I mean, we could if we looked it up. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, he is a businessman, and he has... If, you, if you've listened to the Rose Buddies, we've probably talked a little bit about how he uh, is gone. He was abducted by, who knows, aliens, Yakuza. He's not around. Yeah, Chris Harrison kind of pokes fun at the fact that this guy now wants nothing to do with the franchise, and they try and act like it's a f- amusing a, a thing. A fun thing. Probably not, not so fun for this dude, and though. And not a big slight on Uh, the whole franchise that he will have nothing to do with them after watching his six episode sex romp his (laughs) his his horny six hour tour uh i'm i'm maybe not surprised that the dude wants to distance himself from the show a little bit uh but anyway alex michelle he is a he's a businessman what do we know about so so he was he was 31 when this was filmed um they make a big deal out of the fact that he is a harvard graduate uh, he also attended Stanford. Um, he, gosh, what? He's a swimmer. Okay, yeah. Um, and they make a big point to say that he has passed a background check, <laughs> which I thought was nice. Like, hey, guys, don't worry, we're not sending these women to their death. This well, guy so is okay. Th- this is something they announce in like his intro reel, and it's like it is a Rachel alluded to it earlier, but it is an important like thing to think about and it was hard for me to think about and i kept kind of getting lost a little bit watching this first season because they belabored the point so much that for this first season it was lacking so many of the things that we love about the show today like the the canon of this show that they've established and figured out and solidified uh over the past fucking 14 years um so when watching this first season it's it was important for me to keep in mind the novelty was here's 25 women dating one dude and he's going to propose to one of them. And this is 
this was unthinkable, right? Like this was every every piece of press that was given to The Bachelor season one was about how crazy is this? These 25 women are dating one dude and at the end they're going to get married. And a lot of it was like, how desperate are these women that they, this is how they're trying to find a mate? But this was novel to them and not the fucking like yeah. mechanical backbone of a like long running television franchise. Yeah. And they talk a little bit about this at the Women Tell All episode of just like all these women are treated as if they're crazy women and they get asked repeatedly, like, what did you what did you think when you signed up for the show? Why would you do this show? Uh which I'm sure women today still get asked, but it's a little more accepted. Yeah. It's interesting. I think everything that is different about the show can be summarized in a single point, which is season one, there was no capital B, capital N, Bachelor Nation. And because of that, like there weren't people writing about like, ooh, look at this villain or based on based on what we know about the series who's he going to give the ring on ring to this time it was like oh shit they went to their hometowns isn't that crazy oh shit they went to private rooms and probably boned isn't that wild these things called fantasy suites yeah well and also there was no interaction really there there was no twitter like there was no, no. opportunity to like engage with the show so they probably had no idea whether you know it was really going crazy yes um so Again, like we said, there's lots of little differences. But, I mean, broad strokes, 25 women. He's going to go on single dates and group dates. No two-on-ones. There are roses that are given out at the end of every episode. That Chris presents in a weird fucking, like, mocky role. Oh, and there's Chris Harrison. Oh, Chris Harrison, of course. and there's Chris Harrison. He presents the roses in this weird mocky roll sushi rolling mat. (laughs) He, like, like, drops this placemat that he uses to curry the roses from location to location. Chris Harrison, who, uh, this is his first job because he's 12 years old. Uh, you know what? I looked it up. He's actually in his early 30s. He looks like a baby, but he's not. Pretty sure. Because that would mean he's 45 years old now, and that's not possible. Oh, no? no okay. No, no, no. He's actually 28 years old. Now. Okay. He's one year younger than me. Okay. Um. So, yeah, we have a baby Chris Harrison, and people get people get sent home, and they go on dates. and then There's hometowns. There's hometowns. There's fantasy suites. Like, a lot of these, like, big concepts are in place. Um. It is everything around those concepts that is different yeah um so should we should we get started yeah we can yeah i think there's like sort of broad observations i think we can share as we as we go yeah i think it would also take a really long time if we broke down everything that happened in the six episodes but let's yeah power through well i mean the first thing i wanted to say so we're introduced to the women uh for the first episode Mm -hmm. and they make a big deal out of um, first of all, the women are aged 22 to 31. Out of the 25 of them, 22 have college degrees? Yeah, they make a big deal out of how, you know, Alex Michelle is somebody with an advanced degree, and a lot of the women that are competing for his rows yeah. also have advanced degrees. I don't want to throw shade at the, like, current sort of casting procedures and the current, like, slate of, of women that come out for this show, but they made a huge deal out of, like, these are young professional yeah, women. Yeah, nobody's are, listed as, like, a chicken enthusiast. Free spirit. Tw- or twin. Fucking twin. Um, <laughs> Everybody's listed by, like, a, an occupation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of... Um, yeah, there's, a, there's an attorney, there's doctors, uh, there's a psychologist, 
Um, and then there's also, you know, this is something I mentioned to Griffin. There are a few that call themselves actresses, which we don't really see anymore. Yeah. Most of the time now, if they're trying to be an actress, it's kind of a covert op. It's not a, it's not an on the surface. There was probably a season where they got burned. Um, and like, as, as secretive as they like to be with this show, like there's, there's probably too high a risk for them to, to cast folks like that. Um, so yeah, we meet the women, we get the little short vignettes about a couple of them. Uh, and then we get the, uh, well, first of all, we get a little bit of one-on-one time between Alex and Chris Harrison, which happens a fuck ton throughout these six episodes. Yeah, see this, if you're curious about what we mean when we talk about Chris, you see, like, how he used to have more of a presence, Mm -hmm. this is, this is an example of that. Yeah. Um, there's, should we talk about some of the differences, too, that come out night one? Um, I mean, the I think a big one is just, like, the presentation of the show is pretty whack. <laughs> like, it, it, it compared to today, where everything looks extremely, like, cinematic, for lack of a better term. Like, yeah. the inspiration for the current Bachelor, it feels like, is this huge, sweeping, grand romance. Yeah. Like, a romantic movie. Yeah. Uh, and this this season of The Bachelor was essentially, like, blind date. Like, no joke, that is about what we were yeah. working the with. The production value, well, like... That was bad. Yeah. And not just that, like, the, the sets or whatever you want to call it were bad. Like, there were a couple of times... I remember very distinctly in the finale, there's a shot where he's... Alex is laying down in front of a fire and talking to a woman... And the camera work during this shot was so bad. Like, it literally, like, veered away from both of the people talking for a second. It looked like a my, like, it looked like our son shot it. It looked like our newborn son shot it. There was, like, some parts that were just like, ooh, guys. And I think that stuff, maybe I'm nitpicking, but it really stands out because, holy shit, is it such a polished well, product these and, days. And so the staging. So another example is when it comes time for the rose ceremony, which, what do they call it? The invitation night or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they call it sounds, like invitation night. It sounds vampiric, um, doesn't it? All the women stand shoulder to shoulder in this huge room. <laughs> and so there are 25 women in a semicircle all standing like one row deep. Uh, you can't even get them all in one shot. No, it's like they're playing a really fucked up version of Red Rover <laughs> um, with a bunch of young professionals. And Oh, and the other thing, and this is something that isn't that long gone, but... Before Alex makes the call, he goes to what they call the deliberation room. This was this. I can't believe this was ever a part where of the show. every single contestant has a headshot in a frame, which is something they, they've done that since I've been watching. Well, you may be conflating it with uh, they did that for Bachelor Pad, and that is how they voted in, uh, or yeah, Bachelor Pad. Uh, and I don't think I've seen a season where they go into it because it's crazy. First of all, it's super boring to have like a shot of a man just looking at a bunch of photos like he's at some sort of weird mass wake. Um, <laughs> See, I always thought it was like a nice nod to the fact of like, you may not remember who all these women are. So here are some helpful photos while you make your decision. Yes, it's it's convenient in that sense. Um, I couldn't tell you the names of oh, no, more either. than f- three of the women. And maybe that's just because it was a tight six-episode package. Exactly. By, by comparison, we have watched roughly 90 episodes of The Office in the last week and a half, um, because maternity-paternity leave is pretty fucking tight. Um, six episodes, I don't know. I don't know. It takes me eight episodes of Survivor to learn anybody's name. I know, me too. I can't believe... I can't believe not only how short a run this show was... Um, and how successful it was, despite how, like, 
how short a run this show was. Like this show was a zeitgeist. Like it, and it had six, seven episodes, including the the women tell all. That's crazy. Yeah, that's bonkers. Yeah, I mean the fact that it immediately spiraled out into the Bachelorette with Trista, who was a contestant this the next season, year in two thousand three. Yeah, like they were ready to go. Yeah, um, and it was not a. I gotta say, not a good show. Like this first season of The Bachelor, and maybe maybe it was carried by the weight of the that that um the the how weird it was that there were twenty five women dating one man and then they were going to get married and you just had to watch it to see what happens, right? I think there were a lot of way scuzzier reality dating shows that yeah we watched earlier this year uh, that were sort of built on the back of that premise that were like, oh well, let's go even grosser than that because if this is what people were, were talking about and this is what got people excited and to the bachelor and bachelorette's credit, like we give them a lot of shit, but the show is a lot, lot, lot more than that now. Um, another difference is, so there are group dates and are there sing they're single dates. They're single dates. Yeah. Um, but they don't get roses early on those dates. They don't, nor do they receive the information about these dates on date cards. Oh my gosh, Holy the boxes. shit, they get the fun little boxes. boxes. They get fun little geocaches. Like big hat boxes full of themed uh, artifacts that suggest what the date is going to be about. Yeah. That you can tell some production assistant spent hours, like, carefully compiling and all the women do is they rip the top of that box off they pull out the card and then no attention no is paid attention to- is paid to the box <laughs> yeah. i would be surprised if the box made it to trista's season yeah. i think they probably got rid of it by then uh so this very first night 10 women go home out of the 25 That's so it's so like it's like they almost cut it in half uh, which explains how they could do it in so few episodes. And they keep this rate going for the next, like, I think the first three episodes, they get rid of pretty much half the, the crowd every yeah. time. Which, here's the thing. First of all, this is closer to the kind of clip that Bachelorette Canada moved at, uh, which I think we can all agree was better. This was maybe a little intense, because it was like, why did you even bring these 10 people here? I like, I don't know anything about these 10 people. Yeah. And you certainly didn't give me time. Was the show two hours, or was it just one? I think it was just one. Gosh, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice either, but I think these were one-hour-long episodes. And so, like, in in two hours, it's hard for me to get to know 25 women. In one? No. So, like, these 10 women are like, well, there goes Freckles one and Curly Red Hair and... Aqua Dress. Aqua Dress. Aqua Dress 2, Electric (laughs) Boogaloo. Like, there's no hope for me to learn the names of these these women. Um, No first impression, Rose. Nope. No first... Very, very um, scant rose delivery. Very few (laughs) roses, bonus roses. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... So already into episode two, we're pretty much cut in half, um, which... Anything stand out to you else about episode one? That's no. the thing. Like, it wasn't very good. Here's the here's another broad thing that we should talk about. And I think it's the reason why I had a hard time, like, really connecting with this season. I mean, I, I connected with it because I was so fascinated by it because it was so weird and different. But, like, if this had come out in 2002, I don't know. I might have loved it. I was a trash person probably back then. Um, I would have loved it. I totally would have. I still, as as we were watching the first season, I was like, "This is this is scratching that itch for me." Well, here's the thing that why it didn't scratch the itch for me, and it's some. It's this is going to sound like the biggest double standard ever, um, because it's something I talk about as being like a fault for the show. But there were no like characters, right? Yeah, and and I'm not saying that, that this necessarily has to be that like kayfabe 
um, you know, hand, like handled, handwritten storylines for everybody. I'm just saying, like the character, the, the the contestants that I remember, um, your Jubilees and your um, your Carlies, and like all of these people had character, and this character was delivered in through all of these different methods. Well, that's that's why, like, so when we watched the Women Tell All, they mm-hmm. were trying to kind of set some of that up yeah, as a, an afterthought. There was a woman whose name I can't remember. Well no. done. Uh, <laughs> who was like, and now the woman that everybody's been talking about, Joy Chun. Um, <laughs> and we were like, and we were like, who the fuck is, who is that? that? And it showed her like getting too drunk at a party, and like she passed out in the bathroom, and like danced around, and everybody was like. <laughs> We love you, John Sean. And it's like, <laughs> who the fuck is that? I don't know who the fuck yeah. you're talking about. It was almost like it didn't occur to them until they decided to do a women tell all that they were like, oh, we need to establish some drama. But we watched this whole season in 72 hours. And I don't know who the fuck that is. I watched this episode on <laughs> Saturday. What are you talking about? Who is that? Yeah. Um, the, just the women, the, the women didn't stand out. And it's not a weakness of the women. It's a weakness of how the show was sort of structured and presented and maybe it needs it, i got i can't believe the things i'm saying on this episode of this podcast but maybe it needs two hours to get that shit across you know what i mean and it <laughs> certainly needs better the behind the scenes interviews were the pits those little in the moment interviews with the yeah. with the bachelor and do the contestants get those i guess yeah sometimes but it would always be setting up the scene or talking about what you're literally seeing. And if this sounds like the same way that they're handled now, like I'm describing it poorly, but it's like, uh, my parents had a real problem with her. And so they sat me down to talk about it. And uh, during that conversation, I was just really unsure about their feelings. Cut to the fucking next scene is literally exactly that. You yeah. didn't get to know, you, there was no like reaction to the things that were the happening. Only, there was only like, here's a scene you're about to see. We it was pretty dope. The only time I enjoyed it is I feel like Alex got some some of those in the moments where he got to kind of explore his own discomfort with the process, uh, which I kind of enjoyed watching. Like just like like he'd go on group dates, for example, and he would be like, man, all these women hate me right now. Like we are on this date and they know I just took this other woman out and, and they are just fuming and it's really uncomfortable for me. There was a lot of f- very frank disdain between the contestants and The Bachelor yeah. and between The Bachelor and the process. The last couple episodes are kind of a death march because nobody wants to get engaged yeah. absolutely nobody in this process wants to get engaged yeah um because again like the novelty was novel for them too right like you go into this show now you know what the fuck is up you, you when you go into that casting room you know full well that you could come out of it six months later somebody's fiance that that was not the case here and so it was yeah. like oh shit you we're you, we're doing this it's for almost marriage like- for life it's almost like after this season, they had people fill out comment cards that said, select the date range you'd be comfortable getting engaged. And it was like five to seven weeks, eight to 10 weeks, <laughs> 11 to 13 weeks. Yeah. And then they decided to extend the season to just that length. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Because it's very clear that, you know, what, six weeks or whatever is not enough. I remembered a name. There's a woman named Shannon who makes it fairly far. Yeah, she's and, like final three. And of this six episode season, th- like three of the episodes, she fucking hates Alex's guts. And he, he keeps her around and they just go on these acrimonious 
dates where they yeah. just like hate each other's fucking she, guts. She doesn't. Her, she's kind of most notable because she's kind of the first virginal character and that she doesn't want to kiss. She doesn't want to talk about anything sexual. She's not comfortable with anything sexual on the show. Uh, and he is coming from a very opposite point of view. And she's just openly hostile anytime he tries to bring it up. And she's extremely jealous of the fact that he is dating other women. And again, like, I can't falter for this because it's the first season of the show. Yeah. You don't have that baked into your mind when you come out for it. Yeah. To this season's credit, everything felt super duper real. Um, And I'm sure it was, like, slightly manufactured, but, like... These things, when they sprung the fantasy suites on them, they didn't know that these were coming. Their reactions to that were real as hell. And I found that like really, really genuinely interesting. Yeah. Um, if, a, if like a really good, solid like romance story had come out of this, I think I would have like loved this season. Um, it didn't, it kind of petered out there at the end, but like everything felt like a very, very um, authentic and super duper clumsy, which I think only goes to, you know, uh, back up its authenticity. Um, so I want to skip to episode three. Okay, halfway through the you just skipped one sixth of the episodes with dates on <laughs> episode them. two is where they go to Vegas and not a lot happens. This is where he starts in on when when does him and Amanda's unique relationship start out? Um, I think that's episode three. Okay, let's get let's get into episode three because another thing we need to talk about Alex is that he is horny as hell (laughs) and he's not ashamed to say it yeah so the only thing that happens in episode two is they go to vegas and shannon kind of becomes a front runner on Mm. that date Um, she gets a uh a uh, like jewelry date for lack of a better term where they go to like a fancy dinner situation and she gets this that's actually episode three oh is it shit oh never mind she spoiler (laughs) uh so episode three this is this is interesting so it's not unusual for the bachelor's friends to show up on campus. Um, but what's unusual about this is that Alex's friends are a couple and they're going to live on campus for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're going to ask questions of the women and pick their favorite women's women's <laughs> <laughs> pick their favorite women's uh-huh. um, and then be available for questions. Chris Harrison's like, take advantage of this time, ladies, because these two people know Alex very well. And so they're just kind of trapped on... Trapped is a great word. On site. Imprisoned. Um, these two are constantly holding hands, and I think for strength, <laughs> uh, they need this. I was surprised that Griffin made a big deal out of that, because Griffin's a big hand holder. Um, maybe not on television constantly, not all the time. <laughs> no, hold hands, chase your bliss, stand in your truth, stand in your love. It was just like funny to watch these in the moment interviews, and they had like thirty of them across this one episode, and in each one, those paws <laughs> were interlocked as if they were like exchanging nutrients <laughs> through their through their fleshy stalks. Um, what's cool, I enjoyed, is so the friends they ask compatibility questions of the women. That are there, and the compatibility questions include questions like, "Do you vote?" and um, "Which which is more important, mercy or justice?" This was crazy. It was like, "Why are you? What are you going to do with this information?" Sorry, yeah. dude. She likes justice. I know you love mercy, bro. Ah, uh, it's a tough beat. You got to send her home. I know you're a mercy man, and she said justice. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was just like, wasn't there a sex question too? Like. 
Oh, probably there was. I can't remember. Maybe how important is it in a relationship? Oh, yeah. And everybody was like super duper important because they know what Alex needs. They know what he craves. That's that carnal touch. <laughs> that carnal touch from women's. <laughs> um, ah, Henry signing off. Carnal <laughs> touch from women's. <laughs> um. So, so this is when the women get picked for dates, and the women that get picked are Amanda and Shannon and Trista. This is the final three. Yeah. Spoiler. This is this. Is, it just if you if you remember three names from this whole conversation, uh, remember those those three. So the first date is with Amanda, um, and these two have a physical chemistry. Here, <laughs> Alex is a thirty-one-year-old man. He yeah. has no idea. I'm going to sound really gross here, but I really want to stress that this is what Alex sort of was whenever he was around Amanda. And it was just like any conversation they had, he'd be like, so how do you boobs? How do you boobs? <laughs> how do I get them? What do you think they touch like? Boobs. Amanda... It tells us in episode one, uh, she's from a very small town in Kansas, but she's very comfortable with her sexuality and tells the viewer right away, like, I uh, I like to, um, I don't know, be playful, let's say, uh, and that she has sexual experiences that include purchasing a trapeze. So we know she cool. she's no. down for anything. Awesome. Great. And That's... Alex cannot handle Alex it. Alex can't fucking handle this <laughs> shit. Alex tells us, the viewer, and Griffin made me write this down word for word, that Amanda has a, quote, creative sexuality that no one has ever appreciated, and here I am getting it like a gift. (laughs) He said this, me, Rachel, and Henry all barfed at the same time, because that's the craziest shit anybody's ever We paused it, rewound it, just to make sure that I I got you something. What is this? Oh, happy holidays. Uh, unravel, 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 paper sound, paper sound. Oh, is this your creative sexuality that you're giving to me like a gift? Thank you. Nobody's appreciated this before, but I appreciate it very much. They Thank go, you for the gift. For their date, they go to like a Japanese-style restaurant. Look dope as fuck. Um, where, you know, they'd sit on the ground and there would be low tables. And they just decide to move the little pillows and just full on, like, go at this it. This was, I couldn't help but watch this scene and think of the the great, great Terrace House show that we just watched and all of the, like, nice Japanese meals they went to. And just, like, <laughs> we talked about on during Terrace House and I felt kind of shitty for talking about it like this, but, like, oh, this, an American TV show would be so different. And here we are in, like, a really nice, fancy Japanese restaurant and these two are just finger blasting each other on the ground <laughs> nonstop. no joke like it was we've this show was so horny season one was so horny it was so horny all the time we watch this show and we think like oh nowadays wow this is a horny show no knowing that the fantasy suites is coming at the end gives you like i'm gonna be horny on week nine so i shouldn't be horny now and without that fucking like goalpost in your mind alex is just like i'm going to be horny constantly (laughs) in this nice japanese restaurant where these nice japanese waiters and waitresses are coming in and they're trying to serve us food but they can't because we're doing it yeah there actually is a scene where a waitress tries to come in with the food and then sees them on the ground and kind of starts to back out and then doesn't know whether she should continue to serve them or give them their privacy they're serving each other it's uncomfortable it's rough stuff. I, I'm not exaggerating. 
75% of the conversations that these two have together are Alex just being like, what do they rub like? Uh, <laughs> they go, there's a day where they're in New York, right? And they're on like a sightseeing bus. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they're, they're, it's literally just like, so how did you get your breasts? And she's like, well, let me tell you about my breasts. He's like, mm, 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 breast, 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 great, great. Yeah, so she's had a like a, a breast enhancement and he feels totally within his right to just ask her all the details about it. What size she was before, what size she is now, why she decided to do it, how she feels about them. I don't want to sound prudish. and I don't want to sound like I'm judging uh, uh, Amanda in any way. I'm just saying like, it was crazy how horny this dude if you contrast him and let's say sean lowe who was the born again virgin like it's insane it's insane and they wouldn't they don't i feel like this show is definitely it gets gross sometimes and i hope we are good enough about calling it out when it gets gross but like i it almost feels like they want the bachelor um to be a little bit more honorable i guess than than this these days like he is supposed to be this like romance movie hero who is like virtuous to some degree and like it's what we always talk about it's that like unspoken code of conduct that everybody's supposed to follow yeah you know and that like the women inherently know and the bachelor inherently knows of this is how the show works this is what's appropriate and anytime anyone steps outside of that, they get like a really bad edit. Yeah. So they're very careful. Like Juan Pablo, who yeah. definitely deserved it, but like he was a super, he was kind of a sleazy dude who said that like, yeah. he says, I love fucking you to a woman when she says, I love you. Uh, like he, he gets a bad edit from that. But like, otherwise you are supposed to be this, this, this virtuous white knight and like, this dude did not come off like that and at I all. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say that Alex got a bad edit. No, I don't think so either. Which I'm is saying, interesting. No, I just think like they didn't know he didn't know what to be because yeah. there hadn't been a bachelor before. Yeah. And so he was just like, your your boobs are very cool. <laughs> uh, the other thing that happens and this is this is the first solo date. Uh, they go get massages and they rub each other mm-hmm. on their very first date. Hello. Well, I mean, there's six episodes. Yeah. Dude goes on a total of like maybe 14 dates across all of these episodes. So his next solo date is with Trista. And I can't help but think he was very deliberate in choosing his dates because the woman he is very sexually attracted to gets the massage date. Trista gets a let's cook a meal together at home. Yeah. um, And they make pasta. And it is a very 180 degree yes. difference. Trista's great. I, 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 this actually made me kind of want to watch Bachelorette I know, I kind of want to watch it uh, Because too. Trista and whoever she ends up with, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't Ryan. Know Ryan, a spoiler. Well, um, everybody knows. I guess. They got, they got married. They got their own marriage special. And and they're still married today. Like, they yeah. were the second or third, I think, Bachelor season two came They renewed their vows, too, yeah. through the franchise. Exactly. Like, they are, they are the original success story for this show. And, like, she's great. She's, she is definitely the best contestant on yeah. the show um and i'm it was smart thinking i guess like of the the creators of this show to be like you know it'd be cool let's do a let's do a gender salt version of this let's do bachelorette and let's use this woman who everybody really really loved yeah uh and then our first group date is a horse date yes uh where they all ride horses and all the women are miserable just hate his guts um and then shannon as we mentioned earlier gets a one-on-one where she gets uh like a an evening gown and Harry Winston jewelry. Fuck that shit. So no Neil Lane yet. Get that that 
ring pop, gosh upon looking piece of shit jewelry <laughs> out of my house. This is a Neil Lane home. Rachel wears <laughs> Rachel wears lots of Neil Lane every day. She's wearing the the pendant, the heart of the ocean pendant from uh-huh. Titanic. Neil Lane did that. If you hold it up in the right light, you can see Neil Lane's face, and he winks at you. And he winks, and he's like, "Make a wish." <laughs> The ocean shall make it so by Neptune's beard. It shall be so. I have to be careful though, because it, uh, you know, it's kind of cheaply made, and so it turns my skin orange. Turns your skin orange. Also, there's sort of <laughs> monkey paw situation with these wishes. Uh, that was kind of a play on how Neil Lane is always orange. <laughs> I didn't get it. Mean. I'm <laughs> sorry. It's Christmas Day. No, it's not. Uh, and then, so it's time for the. Um, the what is what is it called invitation invitation night which i mentioned earlier and i feel like you didn't really think about this but it sounds like some sort of vampire ceremony (laughs) welcome Uh, to the invitation night and there's video messages so all the remaining women recorded little video messages for alex which is something they also used to do a few years ago they stopped they uh, they ape this on um oh my god what's that show that we watch on lifetime the only Lifetime show that we watched. Oh, Unreal? Yeah, they aped this on Unreal, and they made fun of it on Burning Love, and I never got it, because I, I think the first season I watched, they had long retired this practice. Yeah. But pretty much every episode, once they got down to like a reasonable number of women, because dude can't watch 25 fucking videos, um, they would have these video pleas, and most of them, like, I get why they stopped doing them, because most of them were super lame. Yeah. It was like, we had a great time, and uh, I hope that you'll just think about our future together, because I am, and... Uh, that's it. See you tonight. I love you. Just kidding. So this is episode three. He has to narrow it down to four women <laughs> after on the third episode. They go to hometowns on week four. Note he had three one-on-ones this week. I think this must be when they decided you could give out a rose on a one-on-one. Because, of course, he picks the three women he went on one-on-one dates with. Yeah. And then there's just one spot left for a rando. He goes to a rando Rhonda. Was it Rhonda? No. Kim. Cam, Rhonda goes home and Rhonda, Rhonda has, has the anxiety attack. Yeah. Which they try and play up a lot. There's like shots of ambulances, the whole it's thing. First, an- okay, so a few other things that we should talk about that are like we celebrated when they said them for the first time. So we get the first like in, in the um preview for the whole season, you get the ambulance edit. You get the somebody's going to die. Someone flies. Someone dies. <laughs> you get that in the preview for the whole season. No, she, the woman just has like an anxiety attack, which is serious, but like they make it seem like she suffers a gunshot wound or something. Oh, yeah, we don't actually even know that the ambulance ever shows up. They just show her breathing heavy and a production person talking to her. Um, during the women tell all, one of the women is talking about the remaining women who are still in the house, and they say, "Trista, you know she's a great girl, and I, I really believe she's here for the right reasons." And it's like, "Oh shit, that's the first time." Yeah, that's the first time you said that. What was the other one? There was another thing that like somebody said that is like a mainstay. Obviously, uh, uh, Chris Harrison says, when you're ready, please but, step forward and accept your rose. And it's like, oh, bud, you don't have to say that second part. You can just stop it when you're ready. It's going to become like a yeah. a time-honored catchphrase that some people are going to use as their podcast uh, sign-off. The other thing they do in episode three, I just wanted to point out real quick. So we mentioned the problematic uh, staging of episode one, where it was 25 women shoulder to shoulder. By episode three, they're sitting on couches. Yeah, very lazy. So they like kind of all have their own seating area, and they're just kind of hanging out, waiting for that rose, real informal-like. I like little coffee shop couches. Yeah. Um, 
Anything else for episode three? I can't remember. That's it. That's it for episode three. So here's another thing that we should talk about, like another surprise. If you were on this show, you probably... You probably didn't know, and you, you as the viewer, definitely didn't know that their hometowns were a thing. And so now, like, if you're built, if you're baked into this like novelty of like he's dating so many women and he's going to get engaged, and now he has to meet their families. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't imagine how like there, there had to be dozens of moments like that during the show that I just didn't appreciate because like I've seen it happen a dozen times. Yeah, because I, I mean, both you and I started watching after the show was established, so we just kind of took it at face value. Of like, oh, this must be how it works. Let me tell you what I remember about the hometowns. Fucking nothing. Nothing at all. I, I do remember that this was the worst, like, in the moment interview offender where it was just like, so I went to Kenosha and I met the whole family and, um, you know, they gave me some pretty hard questions and I did my best to answer them. Cut to just like eight boring ass <laughs> minutes of that. Um, I will say in I will say in general, um, the families just weren't fucking having it like no. it seemed like every, you're gonna do sorry sorry <laughs> marriage alex too alex is weary alex openly complains about the breakneck schedule of running across the country to these various homes I, when he goes to meet amanda's family who is like obviously his front runner the whole time he is just like he says, dead silent he says he only got three hours of sleep uh, First of all, fuck you. I would kill for three no, hours of sleep. Are no you kidding. kidding me? Uh, and, and so he's just not on his game. So he just kind of sits there and, and shovels food in his mouth and doesn't even try. And his, her dad is like, is he sick? <laughs> What's wrong with him? Uh, so we so just to quickly go through. So we go to Kim's house. I don't know anything about Kim. No, nobody knows anything um, about Kim. Kim lives in Phoenix. Kim was a psychological experiment to see if anybody would notice if they just added a woman to this show. <laughs> uh, the thing that was remarkable about Kim is that they go to her house and she has a room of taxidermied animals. Oh, God. Okay, I remember um, Kim now. Yeah, that her dad has has murdered uh, and her dad very um, politely asks Alex what his hobbies are, if not hunting. And Alex says that he's a swimmer, which I thought was cute. The hunting of the water. <laughs> Do you mean fishing? What are you talking about? We also get a fun interaction between Alex and one of Kim's nieces or, I guess, nephew. Holy Where shit. Alex is trying to lift this nephew by his arm and practically <laughs> dislocates his shoulder. It's like, literally like he's deadlifting this child by the wrist. He's telling the camera, he's like, you know, you always want to be good with kids in front of a family you're trying to impress. And it just shows him oh, over and yeah. over. Not <laughs> like that, Lenny. Put him the fuck down. <laughs> Um, yes, that's Kim. Uh, Trista is from St. Louis, uh, and she takes him to her high school, which I was really trying to figure out what high school, because I'm also from St. Louis. I couldn't tell. Um, but this is when Alex starts to be more candid about Trista and says things like, it drives me nuts that she's not interested. Uh, her whole thing is like, she is not... She says, I'm in like with you, but yeah. I don't know that I'll get there. She, I mean, she admits this is a problem for her. Like, she she is very careful with how she shows her feelings. In the penultimate episode, she says, like, I don't want to get engaged to you. Yeah. I like you a lot, but, like, thinking about getting engaged to you makes me want to barf. That's crazy. No way. Like, compared to Amanda, who's very clear, like, I'm into you. Trista's yeah. very much like, oh, yeah, I mean, there are other things I could be doing. And I guess this isn't a bad way to spend my time. Yeah. Um, which 
he loves he that is like what keeps him hanging on yeah. is that she is very cautious his decision making process though is inscrutable though because kim they don't seem to have any connection at all him and shannon have an a straight up hateful like i'm watch this episode watch the hometowns episode if you only watch one episode just watch that because i've never seen anything like it shannon's family not a big fan of alex if memory serves um, but more than that, like she's like, I can't believe you're doing this with all of the women. This is like, this is this is so awful. And well, then- and unlike Trista, so Trista, we know just maybe she's just like this in relationships. Shannon shows us that she's capable of love in her relationship with her dog. She gets the fuck <laughs> up out of the room. She's like, here's my parents. Let's sit down. Never mind. I'm going to leave the room with you, leaving you alone with my parents, and I'm going to go play with a dog outside. <laughs> And then, like, he's trying to talk to her, and they take this dog outside, and they're, like, sitting on a bench, and he's like, so tell me about, and then the dog starts to run off, and she's like, Trixie! Trixie, get back here! Like, goes to chase off the dog, and Alex is like, She, like, strands him with her parents and goes outside to play with the dog. She's like, hey, these are my parents. Um, I'm gonna go be with my dog. And then Alex makes awkward small talk with the dad without any buffer at all. Like, just... Just it was a so, so odd. In awful. this, in this, for the final four, you have a woman who is really into you, and you are at least very physically into her. You have a woman, woman uh, Kim, who just like there doesn't seem to be any connection at all. You have Trista, who is actively telling you she does not want to get married to you, and then you have Shannon, who wants to play with a dog <laughs> instead of hang out with you. How is this your final four? I know this is crazy. That's like we were really confused. And then at the end, can we talk about the end of the episode? Yeah. He fucking keeps Shannon. He gets rid of Kim. It's like you didn't have any connection with her. You have a, 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 a an enemy in Shannon. So the thing that gets really hostile with Shannon is Alex, when they're after the family date, they're in the limo together. And Alex knows that Shannon doesn't want to. Him at all. Doesn't want to talk to him or be around him. <laughs> Shannon doesn't want to be physical in their relationship yet. And he he respects it, but he tries to ask her about it. And she's like, I'm not going to talk about it. There are things that I'm not going to answer. And that is one of them. Uh, And he's trying to kind of figure out why she feels that way and why it's important to her. And she's like, I'm not comfortable. We're not talking about it. You know that I'm uncomfortable right now. I can't believe you're asking me about this. Which is, to be fair, interesting, right? Like now... You get to the final 12, and it's all Amanda's. It's all people, like, that he's into, and she's, like, I don't think Alex had a hard decision the entire show. And sure, it was six episodes, so he didn't have to make that many decisions. But, like, I think the woman he picked is, like, the only one, right? The only one that he had any sort of spark with whatsoever. And I think, again, this is a testament to expectations. It's a testament to the casting process. Um, But just, like... Most of these women didn't feel it. Nobody turned down the rose, which Chris Harrison pointed out during the Women Tell Yeah, All. every ceremony, Chris Harrison would say, I want you to know you have the power here. If you don't want to accept it, you can say no. And he, during the Women Tell All, he said, I'm to all 25 of the women who gathered back in. And he said, uh, why didn't any of you refuse your roses? And like four of the women were like, oh, uh, we would have, but we were sent home that week. Uh, we were sent, if he had given me a rose the week that I went home, then I would have turned it down because like, they just weren't, it just like, they weren't feeling it. And it's, it's, I, I don't know. That's interesting. It definitely feels 
like there's a little bit more i don't know if it's more drama or less drama because you know he's always got the easy option to send home and we talk about like oh god it's so boring when like they they it has to be oh i'm in love with the final two every single time but like I don't know if that's better or worse than what we got this year, which is just like my final two is a woman I'm really into and a woman who's not very into me. Like, yeah. oh, I wonder who he's going to pick. Yeah. It was not, there was no tension whatsoever pretty much the whole time. Yeah. Um, but he kept Shannon over Kim. And it's like, wouldn't you at least rather keep a woman around who like you are neutral to rather than one that you are just going to fight with the other time? And sure enough, in the next episode, the Fantasy Suites episode, it is bitter between the two of them. Well, you know what? He says why he gets rid of Kim. Um, he said that Kim's family talked about how easygoing she was and how she um, would go along with anything. And they'd never seen her like fired up about anything. And he says that was his reason for not selecting her. Um, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So he would pick someone who doesn't like him over. Maybe that. he knew Fantasy Suites were coming up in the next episode, and he wanted to pick somebody who would just not like do it, and it wouldn't be a big deal, and it wouldn't yeah. be like a slight against his reputation. I wonder at what point during the show Alex realized, like, I need to go into hiding after this. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I was really surprised because they sell him at the beginning as this like distinguished, intellectual, you know, eligible bachelor. And then he comes on the show. It's just a fuck boy. Yeah. It was <laughs> It was just it was a weird choice on his part. Um They just didn't know a, a blanket statement. They didn't know how to cast this show. They just didn't. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's cool that these people were real and I wish I think right now we're 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 talking about the extremes, right? You want to talk about JoJo season, um you want to talk about Ben season. Uh, they, it was on one side of the extreme where just like, it was pretty phony for the most part. Um, and a lot of it felt super contrived. Uh, and then the ending was the same both times where it was like, I was so in love with both of them. And I told them, oops, what am I going to do? Um, and I suspect that will probably be the case with next season too, maybe, I don't know. And on the other side of the spectrum, we have this, which is just like, these real people aren't in love with me. (laughs) Oh, well. And I think there's probably a middle ground in there somewhere that that hopefully they could move back towards a little yeah. bit. Because it was cool that it was like fairly real reactions to these things and nothing felt like f- too phony baloney. Uh, so episode five is the fantasy suite um, episode. And we don't have to talk in too much detail about it. But I will say that all three women go to three different cities, which is unusual. A lot of travel. Uh, Amanda goes to New York, as we mentioned. Shannon goes to Tahoe, and Trista goes to Hawaii. Um, and I, I will say that it is clear with Amanda that they do have intercourse. Um, is it? Well, because they order that sex in the sheets dessert. You remember? No. Yeah. You're not paying attention to this. I part? guess not. They, Sex in the sheets dessert? Like, they just, like, pull down the, the, the duvet and they just, like, smear a bunch of, like, pudding and stuff It comes it? with a plastic sheet and chocolate oh, sauce. What? You, I don't know. Yeah, you must have missed this. Okay. I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley, um, I, I guess, this past week. And I must have been, like, deep on, on a farming journey and wasn't paying attention when they ordered plastic sheets to have sexual intercourse on. So the the fantasy suite is not 
is not gussied up in the way it is now. It's just a hotel suite. Uh, and we watch them get there and they close the doors. And then there's this kind of weird security camera footage that we're watching oh, after yeah. the doors are closed. And then Amanda tells us that Alex wanted to order her something. And she he orders a Sex in the Sheets dessert, which comes with chocolate and caramel and a plastic sheet. Can you fucking, first of all, ooey, 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 gross. <laughs> Not to be a prude again, but do you really want that much stickiness involved in the act of lovemaking? Do you really want to get that yucky during it? It's not, it's, I don't, maybe. No, <laughs> no, we should, hmm? no, of course not. So what, what, if you were going to bring food into the bedroom, what would be? A plate of nachos for after. <laughs> Just cooling on the windowsill? Gotta keep them separated. No, I mean, I would have a warming drawer <laughs> in my nightstand. You say you could proof your nachos? How dope would it be? Just like finish the act and then roll over and then I slide open the <laughs> nightstand drawer and it's just full of heated nachos and I just reach down and it's just all nachos all the way down and I just eat them out of the drawer that's the dream not I want to have caramel on and around me are you kidding me you probably would still need the plastic sheet though can you imagine the the room service technician who has to bring that shit here you go mm. <laughs> Sounds like you've got a fun Wednesday night planned. Mm. <laughs> Sticky uh, mess. Uh, yeah. There was... They hi- Every hotel had to hire a pervert just for that, just to make that one delivery. There was... Okay, now, so I, I don't know if I misremembered this. Anyone who watches episode five of The Bachelor season one can let me know. But after Amanda tells the story, I'm pretty sure they put up a Polaroid photo of her uh in which it is clear that she has chocolate all over her face what as in like an after oh god like like I here's a photo been... from me from was after. i asleep during this i can't I believe i would miss out on this i don't know maybe my, maybe my screams weren't loud enough when i was despairing this this information <laughs> uh so okay next? so shannon, shannon yeah. and and alex go on a ski date um and they do finally kiss on this date uh, and then they go to a hot tub, and Shannon uh, shares that she's very uncomfortable in a swimsuit on camera. And Alex tells us, the viewer, that this was a ridiculous concern because her body was, quote, flawless. <laughs> her reaction to the, 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 the reaction of all the women to the, to the uh, fantasy suite was interesting because, again, first time um get you know learning that there was even a fantasy suite shannon's was interesting she said i knew something like this was going to happen i knew it and the date turns immediately so the fantasy date cards still come from chris harrison even season one if you choose to forgo your individual language is the same exactly the same which is incredible uh and Uh, when shannon receives this card she is irate uh because she's being put in this position that she can't possibly agree to not only that that she has this dawning realization that you're doing it with the other two women i know it beyond a shadow of a doubt you are going to have sex with these other two women she's like wouldn't it be funny if my card said amanda or trista's name on it like she you can tell she is she knew and she was furious and like this was this was maybe the most interesting thing that happened the whole run because uh, again we talk about like the reaction to this stuff being a surprise and it being a first time thing and being new and we talk about now like i have a hard time even now 
and God, I'm sounding like such a prude during this episode. I know. But- I, I feel like we're what we're talking about more is the contrast to later seasons. Right. But, but like we watch the seasons now and it's like, I think I would have a problem if it was if, if we're supposed to suspend our disbelief and believe like it's all really real, real, real. The thought of like, oh, yeah, let's go and have a, a private night together. And I'll just be cool with the fact that you're doing this with two other people this week. I would have a hard time. I think I would have a hard time with that. And I think the average person would probably have a hard time with that. If you were into this person and you knew that this week they were probably going to hook up with a couple of other folks, that would be a bummer to put it lightly. Mm-hmm. And this is the only time I've seen, because it's new and they unexpected, a person react in step with that. Like, oh, you're going to hook up with two other people? Well, fuck this and you. Well, we saw uh, we saw some of the men have trouble with that in Bachelorette Canada. Well, dudes are, the, dudes are the worst. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I guess that's true. But that's Canada. That's It's two different things. Okay. Uh, so... So yeah, so they they decide to walk to the suite anyway. She's like, he's like, let me just show you the suite. <laughs> but she says, you know, that it, it ruined dinner, and so Alex tries to get the cameras to leave so he can talk to Shannon one on one and patch things up. Uh, and he tells us that they quote got through it that <laughs> night, just like you want. Uh, how was your date? Really romantic. We got through it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, things are beyond repair at this point with those two. And she then, just hates his she guts. Hates Why did you keep her around? She hates him, yeah. And at a certain point, he says, like, I just was always trying to fix things with Shannon. He's like, at one point at the end, he says, after he sends her home, spoiler, she goes home third, uh, in third place. He says, like, we went on four dates, and she got really angry at me three times <laughs> yeah. across four dates. Yeah. And it's like, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so finally is the Hawaii date with Trista, and this is a treat. This goes down in history is maybe one of my favorite fantasy suite dates because Alex gets terrible. Oh yes, food poisoning maybe. I don't know what it is, but at a certain point he has to leave the date because he is so violently ill. Did you watch this season of Unreal where one of the women gets poisoned and uh, has really, really bad diarrhea during one of the yeah. dates? And you thought, like, what if this was real life? <laughs> that is essentially what we were working with here. Uh, so at first it seems like he's just airsick because they're taking a helicopter ride and he starts vomiting into the airsick bag in the helicopter. He is not discreet like my boy Armand. He does not know how to handle his biz. I mean, again, <laughs> they're in a helicopter, so there's not a lot of places to hide. Yeah, so he starts puking in the in the bag, and and we all think, you know, oh, okay, he's just for some reason nauseous while in a helicopter. Maybe that's a thing that can happen. Uh, but then later in the date, it comes on him again, and he becomes bedridden. Right after they have like kind of an uncomfortable conversation, right? Like, aren't they talking about how uh, she doesn't want to get engaged? They're talking about something, and she's like, "It's the conversation is not going his way," and he's like. If you'll excuse me, I need to make a phone call. Yeah, he's like, I need to check on something for later in the day. And she even <laughs> says like, oh, okay. Like, you're going to go spew, bud. Yeah, and so he is bedridden. Uh, Trista very kindly comes to his room and hangs out with him when it becomes clear he is not going to be able to leave. Uh, and that's, that's pretty much, yeah. I think the next day they try and salvage it and go and get massages, but it is not. it is not a fantasy suite kind of... Uh, no, unless you're kind of unless trip. you have a weird fantasy. 
Uh, and then at the rose ceremony, Shannon finally is sent home. And she is actually the only person, I think, the whole time who does the walking to the limo and then turns on her heel and comes back and says, like, yo, what the fuck? Why'd you do me like this? Yeah. So she is she's very icy when she gets eliminated, but then she decides she wants to know what's going on. And he, he says, you know, we... Uh, we want really different things, and, and this will this will be better for you. Okay, yeah, like, like I don't want to make your life hard, um, and I don't know. He seemed like he had a free pass to really tell the truth here and be like, "We don't get along at all. Yeah. You hate my guts." Um, and this is where Shannon tells us that Alex is weak and that she thinks she scared him. Uh, and that, and she, that she's better off. And that he makes her sick just to look at him. Like, yeah. Wow, God. Uh, and then episode six is Women Tell All. And we watched like half of it. We watched um, most of it, actually. And it was, um, I mean, it's the usual stuff. Chris Harrison doing his thing. Hot seat. Do you remember how many bottles of champagne they said? Like 112? They they put up little trivia factoids about this season of The Bachelor and said that, yeah, there was over 100 bottles of champagne that were used in seven episodes. So I can only imagine <laughs> that, what it that, is now. Yeah, I would have to do some math to figure out what the the bottle per woman per day ratio was. And Alex. Alex was getting – Alex was boozing up too, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, then, I can't really think of anything else that happened during Women, women Tell All. There was that one call out where they were like, everybody's favorite wacko – Snorsh, 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 whose name I can't remember. Yeah, and they also talked about her breast enhancement. Which yeah. I was like, what is going on, guys? Like, we don't need to know. We don't need to know about this. Um, And then, do you want to talk about the finale? I'm, no, let's skip it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, I don't, not very much stuff happened. It's, it's Trista and Amanda. Uh, they meet the parents. Uh, meet, the, meet, the, meet the parents, you remember the, yeah, when the cat uses the yeah, toilet? Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller is in it, and here's the thing: Cara Robert De Niro, they don't like each other very much at all. And Robert De Niro is like, "Man, it's an army." Is that your Robert De Niro? It's me, Robert De Niro. I want you to take this lie detector test. I love you. I love you, son. I think he's CIA. I, think I, was, in the, I was in the FBI, so I hate you. I hate your guts. I love my daughter. I can't wait to meet the Fockers in the sequel. You remember the sequel with the Fockers? Yeah, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman's in it, and he's like, I love my son, it's me, Dustin Hoffman. Isn't there a third one that's like Little Fockers? It's like Little Fockers, and it's like, I'm a baby voiced by Bruce Willis. (laughs) Do you remember the baby voiced by Bruce Willis and Meet the the Babies? (laughs) (laughs) How much sleep, how much sleep does the audience think I've had today? (laughs) Oh, it was a bad night last night. Uh, yeah, we're not we're not sleeping at night anymore. It's just a new thing we're trying. I am watching like <laughs> seven episodes of OC each evening time. Yeah, each early AMs. Yeah. Um, it's finale time. We get these last two women. They just like go and they meet his parents, and his parents are like, "Please, God, don't do this." Yeah, please, the parents son, are you. like, "Please I, don't get married. Please don't get married. I love you. This is stupid. Please, Alex, these don't throw are, it away." These women are very nice, but you don't love them. Please don't marry. Please them. don't marry them. Please. Hey, you women Catholic. I've been thinking about getting back. At, one of them said, "I think about getting back into the Catholic game." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, I've been thinking, I've been looking at what the Catholic Church has been doing lately, and I think, like, i got to get me a piece of that. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, baby, we have, like, five minutes. Okay, so Amanda talks about her annulment, which mm-hmm. is something we haven't mentioned yet. Amanda had been married, but got it annulled 
Um, and he ta- Alex talks about like, well, thank God it wasn't a divorce. Thank God it was an annulment and not a divorce. I'm like, really, dog? Yeah. What's the matter? Um, and then they ha- he has one more d- date with each woman. Uh, and usually these dates are like on the current season, very romantic and exotic. But with Trista, they get uh, pizza delivery. And with Amanda, they get Chinese food takeout. Into this. I'm fucking into this. I want more dates that are like, this is what it'll kind of be like a bit. Yeah, because they just sit and talk. They just sit and talk, and that's it. I yeah. like that a lot. Um, this way, and during Trista's little uh, date, they she finally said, like, I, I actually am, I'm actually really into you. And I've just kind of just now realized, like, I do care about you a lot. Yeah, and, and I could see us getting I engaged. I could see us getting engaged. Yeah. And Alex is like, what the fuck? You said you didn't want it. Because I think at this point you knew wasn't going to be Trista and it was going to be an easy send home. But now that you've said that, like shit. And Amanda actually says on their date that she is falling in love with him. Uh, So she goes one step further and is like, yeah, I'm ready. Like I'm ready. You could do it now. You do it tomorrow. I'm in love with you. At this point, Alex is getting a little bit gun shy. He's he, there's a ring purchasing scene, not at Neil Lane. Yeah, Harry Winston again. Um, uh, garbage, just garbage gems, low carrot or high <laughs> carrot. What's good? Is high carrot good or low carrot? Is like golf or? I think the more carrots, the better. Shit. <laughs> um, but like after the conversation with his parents, he's like, "Ooh, I don't know about getting engaged." And Trish is like, "Ooh, I really don't want to get engaged." And Amanda's like, "I would love to get engaged right now." Yeah. Uh, and so they 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 have these these dates, and then guys, the finale, the climax. To this season, this television show, which birthed a, a zeitgeist and a wide, long-running franchise. And a very popular podcast. Very popular podcast. Huge industry-establishing show. Genre-defining show. The end of it is the fucking worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It is um, the worst denouement I have ever seen in any show fucking ever it is ridiculous so trista gets out of the limo first no build up to like who's it gonna be for even if you we see them get ready we see them get ready but even if you don't know like what's going to happen you reason would state like the first person that gets out is not going to be the one that is going to get the proposal right like even if you hadn't seen this show before you had yeah makes sense the show's not going to end with him proposing to a woman and then (laughs) sending a woman home although that would be crazy and fun um there's no it's just like and here she is here's trista trista lost everybody the scene from the moment she steps foot out of the limo to when she gets back in the limo i swear to god (laughs) maybe 53 seconds yeah she gets out and he greets her uh and she's kind of smiling at him, and he says something nice and then immediately goes into i don't think we're meant to spend our lives together I, and this was the tone of voice that we're working with here. And I'm going to try to replicate it as much as I can. Trista, I think you're a really great girl. And uh, obviously you have a lot of really great qualities. And we had a ton of fun together. And I, I think, you know, you would make a good partner for somebody someday. Um, I don't think that we're supposed to be together. But, like, literally that. Yeah. Like, And her face, like, you can see it dawn on her what's happening. Uh, but it's so fast. Like, she doesn't even ask any questions. She doesn't even really react. She's just like... Because he shuts it down. Oh. He's like, and so I I, it's, I just don't think uh, it's uh, going to be us tonight. Let me walk you out. Let me walk you out. Like, they hug. Let me see you to your car. 
I'm not, if this scene lasted more than two minutes, I'll eat my fucking hat. No emotion. Like, I didn't feel anything when no. I was watching it. It was like watching somebody check out at like a, at like a Sears. It was like watching somebody <laughs> check out at the Sears or a Home Depot. <laughs> it was, it, and then, and then the proposal, or, or this little next scene with Amanda is also fairly brisk. And it's like, this was your payoff yeah. for the whole season of he, the first television show, which everybody loved and became, it came extremely successful and spawned like five yeah, spinoffs. That's a good point. There's no this romance. Is the ending? Yeah. Everybody saw this and was like, mm, good ending. I'm going to watch a million more hours of this. Thank you, please. He said that he's finding himself falling in love with her, but he's going to hold on to the ring. He wants to propose once they've had time together in the outside world. He wants her to move to California. And then he, instead of getting on one knee to give her the ring, he gets on one knee to give her the final rose. And that's enough for Amanda. Amanda's happy. But yeah. it's it's definitely anticlimactic because it's not a proposal. It, again, that's crazy. This show, which was uh, people were crazy about, because 20, he's dating twenty five women and then he's going to get engaged. That's wild. Except he doesn't get engaged at the end, and y'all still, it was still a wild success. Yeah. I can't imagine how disappointed I would have been. I wanted to see people make a huge mistake here. And you didn't give me that huge mistake. And yet it still spawned this huge franchise. This would be like if Star Wars Episode Four was like 45 <laughs> minutes long and it ends with Luke shooting into the exhaust pipe and then the Death Star explodes off screen. And then Han Solo is like, pretty good job. Credits. Like, what? I love that movie. I would. I want to watch 12 more of those movies. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. It was awful. You know what you know what I think it is? I think it's Trista. I think Trista was their secret sauce. I think Trista was probably the secret sauce. I she- think that she got just enough people to carry on into Bachelorette. Uh and then I haven't watched Bachelorette season one, but I'm assuming the momentum from that is a little bit heavier. Let's save it for the next like break we have, because now yeah. we're in it now. But the next break, I would love to watch Trista's season because she yeah. was the the highlight of this this weird a lot of things to enjoy and i can definitely see i can see i I just talked a bunch of yay but like i can see why people thought it was at least novel and interesting and like water cooler conversation right and i can see definitely the connective tissue between this and all of the like weird gross dating reality shows that this this created this genre that it created but holy shit and maybe it's just because it's gotten better right like bachelor nation makes this thing more fun um the winky like nods to bachelor nation uh that we get and like the fact that somebody says right reasons every episode like the secret language of this show yeah and the treatment of this show like has gotten pretty great um it, that didn't exist here like maybe it's just because i know how different and better it is I thought it sucked. Like, I thought it was so bad. I thought it was really, really bad. It was a criminal ending. Holy shit. Man. Yeah, I mean, it was more like a social experiment this first season. That's Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about like, it. Like, they weren't heavy on the romance because they didn't know what it was, really. And now, and it's a complete polar opposite of today. I don't think it's the the fact that he's dating all of these women or she's dating all these men and then they're going to get in, engaged maybe at the end that's not why people are watching it anymore people are watching it i feel like because the show is growing so much the audience for this show is growing like astronomically and i think it's because people know how to watch it now and they watch it for the sport of it and they watch it for like the meta like references and jokes of it and they watch it for the characters 
And that's what they talk about is the characters not like, can you believe how many women there he's dating? Yeah, exactly. It's not novel anymore. Like the concept isn't novel. And that's not bad. That's what the show is now yeah. is it is a it is a, it's good that we're doing this right before this new season starts because it really has been a revelation for like what the show is today. And that's what the show is in that it is more akin to a soap opera with arcs and characters and very, very repetitive, like predictable events um, and uh, like conflicts. And that's what people talk about. Not like, what if they get married? I don't think anybody really gives a shit. Um, they just want to talk about the, the, the people on the show. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. So, um, a lot of people have pointed this out in the Facebook group. ESPN now has a fantasy app for the bachelor, um, which is essentially, it looks like just like a March madness style bracket. Yeah. It's different from the Rose Reckoner. So I I think it's two ways of doing it, right? If you want a more lightweight, like you don't want to keep, well, a Rose Reckoner doesn't uh, force you to keep score it does all the the math and heavy lifting for you but if you want to do more of a fantasy football approach then rose reckoners your jam Yeah, maybe if this is your first season though and you just want to pick women that you think you're going to make it to the end then and you want to be able to check it on your mobile device i guess <laughs> what makes it tricky is that fucking reality steve dude will ruin it every time and so yeah. like i feel like the there's it's harder to win knowing the winner if you're doing the fantasy football style thing, because you can yeah. get some nasty, nasty points from some bad, from some bad ladies. And bad yeah, boys. but if you're if you're a devotee of week to week minutia, then definitely do it our way, which focuses on every kiss, you know, and every every special moment, every experience. special second of this beautiful <laughs> franchise, this beautiful two hour an episode, like fourteen, thirteen <laughs> episode a, a season three seasons a year um, television property. Speaking of which, next week, and I'm not sure when our episode will go up because of the holiday season. Yeah, Rachel's folks are going to be in town. Maybe we get them in, in the town. studio and be like, what do you think of Alicia? Um, but we're going to talk about all the 30 women that are competing <laughs> this season. Oh, this will be great. Your parents can watch Henry so we can really get like really fucked up and just party in here. <laughs> Um, oh, and I wanted to thank, we haven't been to the P.O. Box in a while, but last week we recorded and I forgot to thank uh, two people that sent us things for uh, Baby Henry. Uh, we got a little crocheted uh, dinosaur. Oh, it's so cute, uh, Which is adorable. And that came from uh, Katie. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Katie. Uh, and then we got a little kind of horse-themed uh, lovey. Um which came from looks like Aaron King. Uh, and so thank you for that. Thank you all for that. And sorry, we haven't gone to the PO box. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of very sweet things in there for the baby. Uh, but I, the, I haven't left the house in like six days. So if the PO box were open at 3 a.m., we would be <laughs> always up and ready to go. Oh boy. Here he goes. Nope. Nope. Maybe. Yeah. He's waking up. We've, this is like our third episode in a row. He's a very conscientious producer on this on this <laughs> podcast. He keeps us on time. So next week, uh, again, the episode will probably not be up on... We don't know when the episode's going to be up. Um, it's very dependent on what our holiday situation is. Uh, but we're going to talk about all of the, the women on the next season of The Bachelor starring Nick. Boy, some weird commercials for his season. Yeah, I can't figure out what they're trying to set him up as. Like, who is his character? Like, Sex Man. I think they're trying to say, this is Sex Man. (laughs) We had the Axe Man this year. 2017 is the year of the Sex Man. Because the last thing we saw was this weird, like, robotic voice. Like, um, beginning, bachelor uh, uh, building procedure. 
and it shows like Nick and he's on Bachelor in Paradise and he's like lifting weights on the beach or something like that. And that's like all it is. Yeah, but it looks like a clip from Bachelor in Paradise. It was. I think it was a clip from Bachelor he's in Paradise. Li- he's lifting like a heavy rock. Um, It's all just like, hey, ladies, here's Nick. Want to fuck this? And it's like, <laughs> what? this is this is it. They also keep and I had. Oh, I'm going to take umbrage with this every time because, you know, it's going to happen constantly during his season. They say he got shot down three times. Uh, Fucking no, he didn't check the tapes on Bip because he definitely shot down. The woman he was courting there, whose name I don't recall. <laughs> yeah, I don't recall. remember it either. Um, Jennifer? I think no. Been, I think it was Jennifer. No, was it? I think it was... This is... Uh, we have grown a lot. Oh, maybe Jen. Maybe it was Jen. Jen. Yes. We used to call her Moonlight Boobs. Oops. Um, <laughs> now, now we are the horny Alex men, I guess. Uh, but yeah, they're trying to say, like, he'd been shot down three... Heartbroken three times. No, he definitely, definitely was the heartbreaker during that season a bit. Don't try and change the script on me. I know what's up. But then the commercial goes on. It's like, he had his heart broken three times. Wanna fuck this? And it's like a lot of chest. A lot of his chest. Yeah, which is weird because I think of Nick as kind of a scrawny guy. I mean, he's built. I mean... He's not like a, you know, like a like a Cody, for example. Sure. Oh, another BIP update. Apparently Josh and Amanda have broken up. Yeah, I saw that. Which is awesome. I saw something the other day that the twins are getting their own spinoff show. What? Someone just posted it in the Facebook group. As a goofy goof. I think it's real. Why? I don't know what that show is. I imagine it'll be All like... All of this came from a six-episode-long, <laughs> shitty-ending television show, blind-date-ass-looking television show, cheaters-ass-looking television show. Mm-hmm. Love it. God, I love this fucking show. <laughs> Let me just waddle in this filth. Did you say waddle? Let me waddle in it. Just <laughs> fucking bury me in my neck in the desert of trash that this fucking show is. And pour the hot trash juice all over my hair and let me shower in it. With Fuck, a, I love with, it. A, with a plastic sheet. Just give me the, the sexy sheet plastic trash mess. And let me just incorporate it into my body, my filth body. God, I love this fucking show. I'm going to bury my face in it and leave a little face mark in the trash. <laughs> Uh, so this has been Rose Buddies. I live in this dumpster. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Until then, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Rose, stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert. She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right reasons, right reasons.